Oi, oi, oi. That's my new favorite thing. I wait for that little guitar, that little chord change, and then I come in with the oi. I don't know why I was inspired. Welcome to another episode of the Loftus Party Podcast. It's a good one. It's a really good one. We have a great guest for you today. We got the the lovely and talented Mr. Brian Hayner on the show. Brian, you're like you're like who the heck's that guy? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, is he an accomplished uh, musician? Yup. Has he uh, been in the the L.A. music scene and on a lot of hit records for a lot of years? Yup. Has he has he toured the globe as a comedian? Yup. Is he does he have a, a tour now with myself and Reno Collier? Do we have a special on the Fox Nation? Yup. Yup. And yup. So. Uh, oh, did I mention he's also a best-selling author? Holy crap! He's a renaissance man. So we got that. Stick around for that. Uh, gonna try to keep it uplifting. Gonna gonna really try to stay positive on this one. However, it's gonna be tough as as more information comes out. I I got a I got a bitch about uh, the media and and these these press conferences and the spin they're putting on everything. It's just to me, just beyond the beyond. It's it's just beyond the beyond. We've got some great information, some great research. Uh, the the Liberty Gimlet, I think she set up camp at uh, at several uh, libraries, and she's been digging deep. She's got a lot of great information. So we we got to get into it uh, about the media and and a and a couple of stories, a couple of stories. I think you may have missed. There's stuff coming out about the uh, the Mueller probe and these uh, the FISA warrants and all that stuff that no one's paying attention to, but you're gonna get that fix here. So so get a belt around your arm, slap a vein, and get ready for an injection of of political insight and pop culture, white horse. <laughs> okay, so. I know there's been a lot of uh, shocking events. I guess shocking might be the wrong word. Shocking. It's uh, it's an avalanche. They, they say it's an avalanche. They say it's an avalanche. However, it, it seems like it's it's a lot of snow. It's a lot of snow. Certainly, I don't know if it's an avalanche. Uh, certainly, people are, are are getting the the, the COVID nineteen. I find. Oh, I guess we'll start with this. Let's start with this. Let's uh, let's get into this uh, hydroxychloroquine. This this big fight uh, that's going on with because uh, Trump came out in a press conference a while ago and he's like, "Oh, this is the stuff. This is the stuff." Then they go, "Oh, you're crazy. You're crazy." Then uh, suddenly the FDA is like, "You know what? We're going to let you guys use it." And then. You had governors, I, I believe, in in Nevada and in Michigan, saying, "No, we're gonna, we're not gonna allow you to use this." Uh, and then, oddly enough, and, and I just found out about this this morning. Uh, I guess uh, back in 2013, Dr. Fauci, our our our, our beloved Dr. Fauci, uh, w- was saying that like hydro, uh, hydroxychloroquine. Is uh, is the best. It's it's awesome when you're when you're treating the the SARS or the MERS or whatever the heck it is that he was a big fan and like suddenly he's not a big fan. But all these doctors are saying it's great. And in New York, they won't let you use it. Uh, Gimlet, Gimlet, you got to chime in here. What's uh, 
What's your take on all this madness? It seems nuts. It seems absolutely nuts. Well, I heard a great quote from the former chair of neurobiology at Stanford University this morning. Um, He's now with the Hoover Institute. He's a senior fellow in public health policy. And specifically when he was talking about hydroxychloroquine, he's like, we know how it works. And there's very good biological evidence that it should work in this case. So it's not like this drug is a mystery. We know what the mechanism of action is. And after the SARS outbreak in 2002, 2004, in 2005, the National Institutes of Health, the specific agency that Dr. Fauci now works with, right, put out a paper that said chloroquine, which is hydroxychloroquine's younger cousin, right? Yeah, same yeah. Kinda, same mechanism of action, et cetera, et cetera, but hydroxychloroquine is more powerful, um, is, is a bright spot in treatment for SARS. So we know SARS was a coronavirus, and all hydro, all chloroquine, excuse me, did for SARS was stop the virus from replicating so fast. That's all we expect it to do here. It doesn't kill the virus. Yeah, this is, and this is so. <clears throat> it's just so when I see Dr. Fauci up there going, "Well, we're doing trials." This he's tied into this whole FDA debacle, which I've probably screamed about on the last two podcasts. I know I probably did it every day on my Monday through Friday morning break one. Um, but the FDA needs the FDA decided this drug was safe like decades ago. They just need to step back. And let doctors use it if they think it's going to be effective. I don't need efficacy to be proven. I need hydroxychloroquine to be given to a patient. And if they feel better, God bless it. It Now, the way you described it, mm-hmm. I, I could not agree with that more. I really could not agree with that more. This is uh, chloroquine is, is, is an old drug. The patent has expired on that. They can oh, do this. Decades really really cheaply what is the prop and then and then here's where and this is just me being a, a curious cat this is me being a, a a curious little cat like when you have uh the, the government this this big i think uh i think ben shapiro recently just described the government as a big lumbering giant which is perfect which is perfect but like they're like hey don't don't wear a mask you don't need to wear a mask it's it's not that kind of thing you're not you don't you don't need a mask and now they're going you know what you should probably wear a mask you should probably wear a mask so so there there's already that level of what are these guys morons there's already that like why are they saying they they say one thing and then they backtrack and then they do another thing and then with with the dragging of the feet on hydroxychloroquine it's just it's it's mind-boggling it's it's why i don't like <clears throat> big government it, it's really why i don't I, I i have a hard time believing when you've got fauci in 2013 talking about what what a great uh thing this is and then holy smoke and then i saw a clip of him on on newsmax recently saying this is not a, this isn't a major threat this isn't a major threat no, you know, on, Jan- of course- on January 21st, he, he did say that. Of course, he was basing that on information from the WHO, which we now know was just bullshit. Yes. Yes. So I can't I can't 
fault him for his response at the time any more than I can fault Trump or anyone else. I mean, when the WHO is saying on January 14th, no evidence of human to human transmission, and then the WHO comes back on January 29th, oops, global health emergency, and the next day we're banning travel from China, and the task force is set up and starting to go to work. I don't know how much faster you wanted him to be. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to find, I am going to find this, uh, uh, this, because someone did the research, uh, they, they sent it to me, this is, this is why I should always uh, be ready to go before a, 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 a podcast, well, but I there's, uh, there's another study. Well, there's Fauci saying in, in uh, 2017 that uh, that Trump's going to have to deal with a pandemic. Yeah, they say they've been saying that every year since 2013. I found articles in 2013 saying, here's the 10 most likely pandemics. Here's the 10 most likely virus families. Here's this. I mean, they've basically been saying that every year since H1N1. Yes. So, I mean, I, I number one, I hate, Monday morning quarterback. I hate it in football, and I certainly hate it in pandemic response. There were definitely humps in the in the road. Most of them had to do with extraneous government regulation, right? So the CDC wasn't allowing the private sector to get in with tests until somebody said, "Oh yes, you will." We need more, um, and and stupid things that just don't work in a situation of this size. But what is really irritating me so trump says in the in the presser i guess yesterday yesterday that he would consider taking hydroxychloroquine yeah and the media went nuts called it his voodoo potion this that and the other thing three days ago a clinical platform a clinical database platform that allows doctors all over the world to talk to each other had 6,200 doctors globally say hydrochloroquine is the preferred treatment out of 15 other options for COVID-19. So am yeah. I supposed to listen to Ron Fournier and Tater? Well, we'll, we'll get in. I don't know who Tater is. That's Brian Stelter. We'll get going, into the media. Ooh, it's the voodoo thing. They're actually trying to talk people out of accepting this treatment. Uh, which is... To me, now we've we've crossed. I didn't think we could cross another line, but to me, and maybe this is just because people are uh, in isolation, and you've got even more time to think about it now. Now America has even that's probably the blessing out of this whole thing is that everybody has more time to think about it when it's. Uh, and I don't want to get into the media part of it yet because that's that's so uh, that that's going to be a passionate. That's going to be a that's going to be a. A passionate discussion on our side. I, I come back to if uh, – and this is what I, I say about about big government. Y- you know, it, it's it's so Fauci knows that, OK, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. He says it in 2017. Like where is the stuff? I don't know why. And listen, I, I in terms of uh, uh, Monday morning quarterbacking, like it, to me, none of the blame – goes on trump like none of it jack he is the new dude he is the new dude in 2017 
But like, if, if you're the if you're the CDC and the National Institute of Health and all this other stuff, like, we need to look hard at that when we're through this. When we're through this, you got to look hard at those agencies, and you got to look you you got to look hard at what is our response time? How do we gear things up faster? How do we make things happen? faster how do we streamline the pro the, the process i'm very interested in that i'm you very interested to the in private that. sector indeed. indeed indeed do that on day one <laughs> yeah and and call i still don't Roche, call up the abbott here's what i need uh, yeah. yeah yeah and 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 i i don't like uh we'll we'll do a little uh a, a little bit of it right now we'll, we'll get we'll get i'll get you halfway there this we'll call this uh just the tip just just the tip but like i don't like the 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 murkiness of the whole situation i can handle the truth how many like who are the people who are getting this how many people are surviving and how many people are dying and were they was COVID-19 the reason for that? Was that the reason for that? I just saw a uh, an, a crazy, and it's one of those things where you see it and you're like, this can't be right, but the way they're counting uh, the deaths, the way uh, the way they're counting the how how people are dying, it's like um, th- th- it doesn't even have to be if you think if you think. It's COVID-19 related. Eh, that's enough. That's good enough. If you just, and and, and like no autopsy, right? The CDC. Yeah, they're going to have to do better than that. Yeah, the CDC has told hospitals to list COVID-19 as cause of death, even if it's assumed to have caused or contributed to death. Lab tests not required. So... Hopefully, and maybe this is just me being an optimist. Maybe this is just me whistling through the graveyard. Uh, but but hopefully these these deaths are are completely uh, over overstated. Not completely, but to a large extent uh, overstated. Well, I mean, we, we know they're overstated to some degree because they're saying now, medical experts, whatever that means, um, that. Uh, up to 80% of cases are asymptomatic. So we're not even using the right denominator. Yes. Okay, we're going to get back into this. We're going to take a, a little bit of a break. And then when we come back, just we're going to let the good times roll with Brian Hayner. It can't, listen, life goes on. Life is awesome, you guys. So we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to let the good times roll with Mr. Brian Hayner. Stick around. If you prefer real mornings, shouldn't you have a real breakfast? At McDonald's, we get real about breakfast. That's why you can have a savory sausage biscuit with delicious hash browns for only $1.50. It's time to wake up breakfast. Single item at regular price. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. 
Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. As promised, as promised, yeah, yeah, sexy heathens, we got Mr. Brian Hayner joining us. I got to do a little bit uh, of, a, of a roll in here. I got to do I got to I got to build this up a little bit because the, the description is fantastic. The, the, the background, we're talking about uh, uh, a phenomenal musician. All right. Just just if you do that, you're you're a phenomenal musician. You've you've played on hit record after hit record after hit record. That should be enough. Then you conquer the world of comedy and you tour the globe. That should be enough. But you're also an accomplished author. That should be enough. Then you somehow get roped into doing a comedy tour with myself and Reno Collier. That's when I think you're done. That's when I think you're done. Ladies and gentlemen, we got we got Brian Hayner on the other end of the line. Brian, how's it going, man? I'm doing well, Michael. How are you doing, brother? I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. I'm out on beautiful Long Island. I, I I try to I try to arrange my life so I'm in a hot spot. I like to be in a hot spot. <laughs> nice. It's, it's it's bizarre. It's weird. Uh, the normal things are bugging me even more. Uh, now you're you're still in Los Angeles, yeah? For another couple weeks, yeah. For another couple of weeks, and then what? Then you take the cruise to uh, to Italy. Yeah, then we take the cruise to Italy, and then catch a <laughs> flight to Wuhan. <laughs> Got a couple of shows there to do. Yeah, should be should be a good month. So now no, I'm on my way to. Uh, we're moving to Vermont. Wow, Vermont! Yeah, now, right. I, mean, you, I, I think you picked a great time. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> If you put if you put the Wuhan aside, that's a great time to move to Vermont. You get there in the spring, then you have all spring, then you have all summer, you have a beautiful fall, and then it's not until winter you realize what a horrible decision you made. Exactly. I've got nine months to <laughs> to kick myself. Why Vermont? Is it the bustling music scene? Yeah, I think that's really what it is. You know, all of the <clears throat> all of the recording going on there and all the concerts. It's crazy town. It is. Isn't it? Now, they say they say that Vermont is the epicenter. It's ground zero for funk. Is there any truth to that? Um, I, no, I think it's the it's ground zero for maple syrup. <laughs> all right. OK, so uh, for the people who are listening now, a, a ton of people already know you. It's it's hilarious. You and myself and, and Reno Collier, we do this Freedom to Laugh tour. And I always joke, but it's always true. You have fans. You have fans coming out to every show, every show, no matter what city, no matter what day of the week. There's fans coming out. Uh, you have an, an incredibly interesting background, like, legit, like just just from the, the guitar. When did you start uh, playing I'm just going to go uh, like like session stuff. When did you start playing on records? Um, probably in my late teens, I think. Probably 17, really? 18 years old. I started doing session work and then started, uh, I just kind of rose up the ladder rather quickly. And uh, yeah, just started doing uh, 
ton of sessions. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's, I've never asked you this question. We, we always hang out after the shows and we talk, we, we just, we can get going, we can get gabbing, but have you ever played on uh, a record and you thought like, wow, this is hot garbage. This is hot garbage. And then it becomes a hit. Or do you know when you're in there doing it? Um, no, you usually know. I think, you know, when, when something's good, something special, but I played on a lot of hot garbage for sure. Ah. Cause you're, you know, I mean, you're a whore. That's what the deal is. You, you get paid to play on whatever song they, they bring in that day. And, uh, usually what my thing was always, they, they would ask me, you know, what do you hear on this? Mm -hmm. So they, they give you a chord chart. You know, there's the, there's the other session guys, which I never really was. I did a few of those like movie sessions where you have to read note for note. It's gotta be perfect. They know exactly what they want. But for the most part, my session stuff was just like, let's bring Brian in and see what he can put on this. And so they wow. bring me in and say, what do you hear? And I play over the chords and they'd, oh, I dig that. And so you kind of create as you go and you, you help the, you know, the create the sound or the vibe of that, that given song. That's very cool. You, you posted a thing on, on Facebook the other day and I'm going to recommend everybody go be Brian's friend on Facebook. It's, it's a, it's a really funny, interesting, cool uh, page. Some guitarist, and I don't know if you knew the dude, was doing musical impressions of the neighborhoods in L.A. He's like, here's what Hollywood sounds like. Here's what Irvine sounds like. Here's what – and and that just cracked me up, man. That just cracked oh, me up. Yeah, because people don't realize – if you're not from L.A., you don't realize that it is – it's not like New York. It's not like, uh, you know, like Cleveland or New York, something like that. It's like a, just a ton of small towns stuck together. Yeah. Every yeah. every area has a completely different vibe to it. It's like you're almost in a different uh, different state when you go from like the valley to Orange County. Uh, oh, you yeah. Know, Malibu to Pasadena. I mean, those are completely different places. I would I would go down to uh, to to visit my my uncle and my cousins down in Orange County. And yeah, you definitely get that. I'm in a different state. I'm in a completely different state. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Anything south of L.A. is considered, you know, they used to call it Reagan country. Yeah. North of L.A., Hollywood, the Valley, that's all more more Democratic kind of stuff. And, and, you know, people in the business and then anything down towards Orange County, that's all, you know, rednecks. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you this. I want to ask. I always I'm I'm terrified that we're going to run out of time. I'm I'm terrified of that. What what's what was the song? Let's get what something you played on, then you heard it on the radio, and you're like, "Wow, that came out good. That came out good." Oh, I'll tell you a cool one that I just I haven't thought of this in a long time, but I heard it on the radio, and it reminded me. It, it was a surprise. So I'm working with uh, for two years. I worked for Norman Whitfield. He was like the Motown guy. He wrote yeah. uh, "Ain't Proud to Beg." Papa was a Rolling Stone. He was like one of the main guys, especially for the Temptations. So he comes out to L.A., starts his own record company, and that's and he formed the band Rose Royce. He found wow. them, and so we did. I played on the on Car Wash, as you know. I did that that record. But anyway, <clears throat> I'm in the studio one day, and he there's always like five guys, five guitar players, two bass players, three drummers. Everybody's sitting around the studio, and he would just point at people. So they get in there and he'd put together a little band that he wanted a certain sound. So he points at all of us. We go in and the singer from at the time, I believe it was the singer from Undisputed Truth. And he and we did these oldies. We did like six oldies. 
And I thought it was the weirdest thing ever because we're cutting like cool at the time, really cool, you know, funk stuff. And we did like Shamalam a ding dong and you know <laughs> You make me want to shout, put your hands. And we played shout. We played all this stuff. And I was like, this is just the weirdest session I've ever done. And so, you know, he pays me and I go home. So now, flash forward, a year later, I'm sitting in the in a theater and I'm watching a movie and the band comes on and I, I go, that's Lloyd singing. I recognize that voice. That's Lloyd. And about halfway through the song, I realized that it's something that I cut and it was shout from Otis day and the nights animal house. Get out of town. So I'm playing guitar in animal house. On <laughs> that's insane. That is completely insane. Yeah. Uh, that's fa That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Okay. So, um, I, we just, because of time now we got to, uh, we got to flash forward here to how the heck did you land in comedy? How do you go from being uh, an incredibly successful uh, musician in the LA music scene, the top of the top, and then you go, you know what? Now I think I'm gonna. Now I think I'll co conquer comedy. Um, yeah, it was weird. I was doing. I was writing. Uh, I got a, a contract, kind of a, a publishing contract, to write country songs of all things. Yeah, back like 20 years ago, and so I was going to Nashville. I was writing country stuff, and I started writing like funny songs. Because I noticed that if you if you played a, a funny song for a publisher or for an artist, they you'd get their attention. They'd be yeah. like, "This guy's okay." And then you could play them a serious one, that, the song you're really trying to get them to cut. And so there it's just kind of a call, kind of a calling card. And so I got pretty good at writing funny songs, and I got known as that guy. So so now oh, we're no. back. Yeah. So now we're back in L.A. and I I'm sitting in with some friends of mine at a club and they say play one of your songs and so i played one of my songs and they do another one so i did another funny song so this little guy with glasses walks up to me and after you know on the break and he says hey have you ever thought of doing stand-up and this is 2006 i'm 48 years old <laughs> and i go <laughs> i go no i've never thought of doing stand-up i'm not a stand-up he goes no 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 i'm could you put together like 15 minutes of just those funny songs and i go well sure he goes, well, would you like to do some stand-up? And, you know, I'm like, oh, kid, I'm going to make you a star kind of a thing. I'm like, right, right. Sure. If I, you know, at that point, I was like, why not? If I suck, it'll be a great story. If I kill, it'll be a great story. Well, what have, you know, what have you got to lose at that point? It'll be just something, something fun. So he said, okay, so um, this Wednesday night, you're opening for Lisa Lampanelli at the Improv. <laughs> so I oh, literally... Man. Having never done, and this is just, this is her last gig at an improv before she jumped to theaters. Right, so right. So I literally, I literally skipped, how long does it take to be a, an opener at, at one of the improvs? It's like, that's I literally like, skipped. A couple years. Yeah, I skipped like two years, uh, you know, rungs on the ladder there. <clears throat> and I opened for her, and probably the worst thing that could have happened, happened. And that, that is that I killed. Wow. And, and so I thought it was easier than it really is. <laughs> and as you know, and it, it didn't take me long to, to get my teeth kicked in a few times after that, once I realized that, that you actually have to work at this. Yeah. And, but yeah, I went from, I went from that to, uh, I think I, I opened six times 
So six weeks off and on, I opened and then I went to a middle act. Wow. Look which at is you another, go. There are another five years. And then I spent about a year off and on doing middle stuff. And then I was picked up by Dunham and we went, you know, straight to theaters and arenas. And do then me, do me a I favor. Was, then I was a headliner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But do me a favor because I find this I find this to be incredibly interesting. Like I said, like you and I and and Reno Collier uh, are out on the road. Uh, Chad Prather joined us for a couple shows. We, we, we I don't know. That's I, I like that we can fold in people and, and have fun. But we're always hanging out, talking after the shows. You you told me a story one time about uh, uh, Dunham and and how that went down. I guess he had an idea for a Christmas song, and then yeah. you went out and met with him, and then you guys did a video, and then blammo. <clears throat> yeah, he um, he wanted to a he wanted to to do a uh, um, Christmas song, Jingle Bombs, with Aquaman right? the Dead Terrorist, and they were just gonna be <laughs> just, just a little parody of Jingle Bells. And so he had me come out to one of the improvs, and uh, actually Chicago, I think I flew out to Chicago, and we and we made a video of it, and we did it like um, two shows a night, two nights in a row. So we did four versions of it. And we actually ended up using the first one that we ever did, and all he told me was. He said, I, <clears throat> I don't want to rehearse it. I just want to do it. And so I said, well, do me a favor, sing the first line. And so, you know, he goes dashing through this and I go, okay, we're in E. So I knew the key cause I just wanted to get a feel. I didn't want to put in a key. He couldn't sing. So I wanted to get a right. feel for what it was. So he, uh, so we went out and it didn't go perfectly and and i i he broke me up a couple times i was laughing and we had to start over and there was just like this kind of uh uh you know there was a definite energy between us that happened that was really really funny and so uh the he puts it out on youtube and it gets 20 million hits in about damn. 10 days damn damn <clears throat> and so my one gig with dunham turns into Hey, do you want to come on the road with me? I'm working on a Christmas special. I need more songs. We can do, you know, jingle bombs every night. And, and, uh, so then he initially hired me to just do that, come out and sing a song with him. Yeah. Yeah. But then he kind of found out that I was doing, I had my own act. So he said, well, why don't you just do that? And so, cause he had an opener. Right. So he started using me to open. So I'd go out and do a half hour at these arenas. And then they then we do like a 15 minute break. And then he'd come out and do his hour and a half. Wow. That had to be uh, that had to be just crazy. Just traveling the globe. I imagine I imagine on the on the, the Jeff Dunham jet too. I imagine he doesn't fly coach. No, it's a, yeah, you definitely get the, the jet and the and the four star hotels and all, all of that. Yeah. Well, that's that's. I, I love I love stories like that. I love stuff like that. Yeah, then we put it out on YouTube, and then twenty million. Vi- that's just uh, that's just awesome. Okay, now before we get to the the juicy stuff, which is uh, the freedom to laugh special on Fox Nation and and our stuff together, I had known you for the longest time and had no idea that you were actually a best selling author as well. Holy crap! Brag on the book a little bit. <clears throat> well, there's actually two of them. Um, uh, one, the first See? one was. <laughs> See, like already. <laughs> the, 
The first one was Carney Man, and it was uh, just um, my wife is, you know, Susie's a, a hypnotist, and she does, <clears throat> excuse me, she does a lot of the uh, state fairs, county yeah. fairs, and so, um, and so I would hang out just like she'd be doing shows, and I would hang out like at the carnival and just talk to people. And I got to talking to these carnies, and I found them fascinating, just fascinating. And so, so I, uh, I thought there's there's so much there's a wealth of of stuff here. I didn't. It's 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 just a novel. It's not you know, it's not a uh, um, a biography or anything. It's just a novel. But it's but it's uh, definitely about the you know carnies and that lifestyle. And it's uh, <clears throat> it's a very cool story about um it's it's almost like a war story like two guys going to vietnam together but in but they go to the carnival together yeah and, uh, so <clears throat> that one did well and then i wrote a book about the civil war about a woman that fights oh, of in course the you war. did of course you did because that's the that's the you know what i'm gonna go from uh a heartbreaking wonderful look at carnies you know then civil war i think civil war that's, yeah. the, that's the next one on the list yeah, well, I found out that women fought in the Civil War, and so I was like, "Well, I want to, I want to do something here." Dude, that's so hot. That is so hot. <laughs> is that what the, the book was about? Women fighting the Civil War? <clears throat> yeah, it's about a specific woman that fights in the Civil War, and uh, and yeah, so I did. You know what you do when you write a book like that? I went to. 50 different battlefields and I studied the battles and I studied, I read a hundred thousand pages on the civil war and became kind of an aficionado uh, of that whole era. And then I put her in real situations that happened during the civil war. So her story goes through. So if you know a lot about the civil war, if you're a civil war historian, you're going to go, yeah, that's the, how the battle was fought. That really happened. This really happened. And she just happens to be woven through all of that. Wow. Wow. Very cool. Now, now what's, what are the, what are the titles of these books and where can people find them? Uh, Carney man is, uh, it's, that's the first one, Carney man. And the other is called Ginny Reb. G G I N N Y Ginny Reb. Okay. And cause they, it's a play on the, on the Johnny Reb is what they call the Confederates. Right. Right. She's a woman. So she's Ginny Reb. And, um, uh, I think you can get them. Well, you used to be able to get them at bookstores. I don't know if you can anymore. But you can get them on my website, brianhainer.com. There you go. That's a that's a good one to have. Now, the reason I like the name of the website is because that's also your name. I don't know if you realized that. Um, somebody, yeah, I, I have I have handlers that came up with that kind of forward thinking stuff. Yeah, I have nothing to do with it. That's awesome. Hey, does your son have a band? Um, he does. He's got a little, a little combo. Yeah. Out, what, are they, out, what are they called? Out of uh, uh, Orange County, Huntington Beach, and they are uh, they're called Avenged Sevenfold. Really? It's not. Yeah. It's not, it's not Brian Junior and the the, the guitar tutors. Exactly. It should have been. <laughs> Damn that boy! But yes, Avenged Sevenfold, and they're they're doing okay. They've I've done heard all right. Of I think they are doing okay. I don't worry yeah, it's about funny. them. A quick aside is that um, we used to, uh, we would be at an arena <clears throat> like we did the Honda Center. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm having. You've, some, got, you've got the it's, Rona, dude. It's morning here. That's the fucking problem. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, 
we would do like we did the Honda Center in uh, in Orange County. We did it on Friday night. They did it on Saturday night. Wait a minute. So, we, we did. Oh, you'd go do it with Dunham and then Avenged them. Yeah, I do the with Dunham. We'd do an arena on Friday, and Avenged would be there on Saturday. And so I used to leave Hilarious. notes for him in the testing room. I'd leave a note that say, you know, we sold twelve thousand seats. How did you do? <laughs> And, what a, and, your life is like a, a, a John Irving novel. It's 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 really I love it, dude. I think I love how interesting and weird and wonderful it, it is. I'm 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 thrilled that we're doing stuff uh, together. Now let's I got I got a smash cut. We're we're almost we're almost out of time. We're on the road. You, me, Collier, occasionally a special guest. We're doing uh, Freedom to Laugh. You know the the, the specials doing Gangbusters. The special, Is it really? Yeah. The, oh, that's the awesome. Nation people are absolutely thrilled. And then we're going back out in June. Once we get this whole uh, coronavirus thing in the background, we're we're back on the road in June. You've got the uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez song. That's huge. The uh, the Nancy Pelosi. That's awesome. Or do you have anything that you're working on now? Or do you have any anything in the in the hopper? That's my producer giving us the gentle nudge. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Uh, not really. I ha- I'll, I'll I'll work on some new stuff before we go. But uh, let's. Uh... Oh ho ho! It's COVID. You know, never believe it's not so. It's COVID. You know. China is such an asshole. <laughs> yeah, no, I just made that up just now. That's not that's not going to be part of the show. I'm just fooling around. But yeah, I'll have some new stuff for sure. Dude, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. All right, I look forward. I cannot wait uh, to see you again. Give Susie my best. Make sure you let her know that she deserves a honey crisp apple because that is the best apple ever made. Brian, thank you so much, dude. I cannot wait. Uh, let me know when you're up in Vermont. I want to. I want to see the joint. I want to see the the palatial grounds. And then I cannot wait to hit the road again with you in June, brother. Oh, me too. I can't wait. I love going out with you. You know that. And uh, yeah, we'll be neighbors. We'll be hanging out back east. <laughs> Absolutely. I will talk to you soon, buddy. Have a good one. You too. Love you, man. I love you, buddy. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy. Good friends. Good conversation. Great coffee. TheLoftestParty.com. The best part of waking up. 
It's that. <laughs> I have no idea what my problem is. I don't have a problem. I guess I do have a problem. Uh, I'm ready to continue on with my life. I'm already. Yes. I'm already done with this. So I'm hey, so how, done with it. How interesting was Brian Hayner? How interesting was that? Just really quick. Oh, I love Brian. He seems like a very nice person, and I love his son's band. Here's here's the great thing about Brian, and you and you have to. We'll we'll all hang out. We'll all hang out. We'll come down. We'll do shows uh, in in Gimlet Country, and he is just. He, he has a very dry wit. He has a very dark wit and his facial expression. He'll, 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 he'll be so like, uh, upset or pulling your leg. You don't know. You don't know because he can just control it that well. And like, you're like, wait, dude, are you, are, are we joking or are you really? And like, Oh no, I'm messing around. So anyway, he's a great dude. He's an awesome dude. We got to have Reno, Reno, uh, back on the show as well. I know Reno, he's really, He's really uh, going nuts, and hopefully Brian wasn't messing around. Kidding. I want him to record that uh, that COVID nineteen song. Well, okay. I mean, uh, so here comes I can't, like this 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 podcast three weeks from now. If these are still the conditions, I don't even want to know what it's going to be like. It's impossible. That that to me, seriously, we cannot be here in three weeks. They're going to have riots. Yes. Yes, the, the the people, and I don't want to be all, and, and I'm, I'm not saying this out of gloom and doom, I'm saying this out of a good place, like the people will just go, no, nope, you're idiots. Here's what you I know. don't understand, okay? Okay, well, it's, it's oh, I was going to make a horrible joke, but there's, go ahead, go ahead, caller. So, so we have these federal guidelines to stop the spread, right? Yes. You know what? professions are automatically socially distanced like construction if you're building a house you and that guy can be two stories apart right yes line manufacturing if you make paper if you make roofing shingles if you make anything that has to roll down a line and have some kind of operation done to it those guys are like 10 to 12 feet apart Mm-hmm. so why in the world can't we figure out what some of those things are and get these guys back to work because well, you know I what's think... coming you know what's coming soon freaking hurricanes and people are going to need building materials and you know what's not being made right now building materials i think this goes down to when you have uh, a big lumbering idiot like <laughs> like the federal government which and, and this is I'm, I'm totally stealing this from 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 ben shapiro occasionally a big lumbering uh, ginormous idiot is what you need, right? When when you want to stop a World War One or a World War Two, you just go in and you go mm, Hulk smash, and that's great. But when you start, and this is the this is the problem with identity politics, when you go, okay, everybody everybody must uh, maintain social distancing. Everybody, no one go back to work because you you figure that that's uh, that's the, the, the the fair way to do it. That's the fair way to do it is to tell everyone. Nobody works. But then you start getting bills, right? And then you're like, well, wait a minute. I'm not allowed to make money, but the cable company is. So then – and I thought this was – I thought I was being like a like a, a five-year-old with an overly simple solution to all this. And then I was shocked. I was shocked the other day when I saw my theory on, on Fox Business because my thing was just stop. Just hit pause. 
like just lock everything in. Okay, this is how much money we owe you. This is where the stock market is. No one collects another bill. We're just we just hit pause like a like a freaking video game. Hit pause. Now you run into problems with that because you still need to restock, uh, you know, the the grocery stores and all that. So it, it quickly falls apart. But maybe there is some kind of big pause uh, that we can do if it's necessary. I keep going back and forth on this. I keep going back and forth on the whole thing. Like we can't get numbers out of China. Like like is this get it? We'll is never this, get numbers out of China. <laughs> but right, exactly. But like, here's my uh, my my big problem is: is this a worthy endeavor? Like, are we this whole thing of, of social distancing and or should we be be going for herd immunity? I'm 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 really not kidding. Like we well, we keep saying have to at some point. I think sooner rather than later. So here's what I think needs to happen okay you've got the antibody test right now crank that up because if 80 percent of people were asymptomatic a lot of us can go the f back to work (laughs) yes right yes so let's get the asymptomatic people identified like now i think i was actually symptomatic in december after international travel i would love to know if i'm immune that would Wouldn't make that be day. fantastic? Yes. You know, that would be so, fantastic. But, you know, lock up the people who are at risk. I mean, people with pre existing conditions and on the list, they're going to have to be extra, extra freaking careful till we get these therapeutics nailed down, right? And we get a vaccine. But in the meantime, guys, you make a decision every time you walk out your door and get into your freaking car. You make a decision every time you get on a plane. It's called balancing your risk. Yeah, I don't see us. I don't see us still in lockdown in three weeks. I. I, I oh, we better I, not be. We here. I, I, I mean, if you're a restaurant owner that owns a restaurant of a certain size, would you rather make sure that you're only using every other booth, right, so that people are so. Small groups are socially distanced, or would you rather not be using your restaurant at all? Yes. Well, then, then you go down. Then you go down the path to. Then you got to wipe everything down and do this and Clorox and yada yada yada. That's fine. You got to clean the restaurant anyway. But I, 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 I doubt very much they're going to do. Like I've seen, I've been a busboy in restaurants, and I, I guarantee it. It's not completely disinfected but i see what you're saying i see what you're saying and i agree with it wholeheartedly i think people will just have had enough i think people will just have had enough i want my gym back oh my goodness i i there's uh there's 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 everything like jello (laughs) i want my gym back because i'm an adult I go in and I wash my hands for 20 seconds. I sing happy birthday twice, right? I do this. For you. Then I go to the machine, get some of the cleanser, right? That's approved by the EPA to kill the COVID and everything else. Yes. And I wipe down the machine, especially anything I'm going to touch. Then I use the machine. Then I wipe it down again. And then I go use some hand sanitizer. 
I clean everything before and after because I'm a freaking grown-up. Good and for I you. And I want to go back to the gym. Oh, there's the, I think everyone wants to do everything. I, I, I really, it's the small I wanna businesses. I want to drink a beer at a bar so bad. <laughs> hey, before we before we jump into uh, the media on this, I want to remi- remind everybody that at the uh, theloftestparty.com, we're compiling a list. We're compiling a list of of ways that you can help out. There's a, a wonderful couple of community projects where they're like they can get food to hospital workers, people on the front lines, if you will, in your community. But that resource is there. There's a there's a link for where you can give blood. There's a link uh, for the Samaritan's Purse that are actually they're doing, you know, boots on the ground stuff. So and if you have any other ideas, there's oh, there's how to make your own face mask, all that good stuff. So uh, feel free, go to theloftestparty.com, and if you have an idea or a resource, leave it there in the comments section, and we're just going to keep building this thing up so so people can help one another. Okay, so... You know what uh, I'm using to make my mask, don't you? Your husband's old underwear. No. What? Or a brassiere. Too much air would get it. Um, no, I'm using my... my motorcycle face covering that lays down flat and it's got skulls all over it just because I want to screw with people. That's awesome. That's awesome. I bet it looks hot. I bet it looks totally hot. I, I put a picture up one. Go to the, the Loftus Party uh, Facebook page and uh, I found a sweet mask. This chick is just like, if you're going to wear a mask, wear the one like she's wearing. Like, it's really uh, just blinged like out. The she went, ones I've been seeing. No, no. This one is like something from, uh, from a, a a movie. She's got the she's got a hat that's blinged out and it's diamond studded. It's it's really cool. Okay, I don't want to uh, tread water. I got to unleash. I got to go both barrels with this on the media. On the media, we thought we knew that they had uh, picked sides, which they had. For the majority, for the vast majority, uh, about hey, here's what here's the way we lean politically. The way they went after uh, Trump and the administration for supposed uh, Russia collusion. The way they covered the Mueller report. The way they covered impeachment. Now, all of those are bad. They're really bad. However, that's just uh, individuals and alleged crimes, which never occurred. Which never occurred. But they go through this. Uh, prism of people's personal politics and it affects the media. So that's bad enough. That's bad enough. That's messing with our democracy, in my opinion, which is a horrible, horrible crime. Now they've taken it to another level that I didn't think they were capable of, that I really didn't think they were capable of. We have been presented uh, with with COVID nineteen, the Wuhan, the Chinese virus, the blah blah blah, and it's and they keep telling us it's life and death, you guys. It's life and death. It's life and death. So, from their own mouths, this this life and death scenario that we've been chosen with, they continuously want to play political games with the Trump administration and the president, and they're wasting our time. They are wasting our time. When the New York Times 
has a headline, Jared Kushner will get us all killed. When they do stuff like that, is that helping or hurting? When they continually go after the president because he calls it the Chinese virus, is that helping or hurting? When they go after him for his um, hydroxychloroquine uh, thing, is that helping or hurting? And when they say things like he lies all the time, this is the one that I cannot and, – and, and I find it especially hilarious when a, air quote, journalist says this. He lies all the time. When you use that kind of hyperbole in describing a person, you're a lousy journalist. You cannot be trusted to do your job. Now, I don't want uh, the the government to shut down the press. Of course, I, I we – I, I thought we needed it before. I thought we needed just basic, fair journalism before. But now it, it, they have they have chosen politics over life and death. Well, like it's 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 the worst. They need to stop looking at each other's navels because we all see them standing there naked. Hmm. And are pointing and laughing. I mean, there's legitimately not much I can do anymore because here's the fundamental problem in the pressers I see every single day, okay? These newsrooms like CNN, MSNBC, even Fox News to some degree, um, the New York Times, etc., they so staffed up on political reporters and pundits in 2016, and not just because of Trump, but the entire election season, right? I mean, it was yes. it was it was the end of the Obama era. So 2016 was a big election and they just staffed up and then they staffed up again for Russia, Russia, Russia with political pundits. Then they staffed up again for impeachment. So they are overrun with political reporters and the types of reporters that should actually be sitting in those press conferences are health and science reporters. It is who would actually know the right questions to ask. Yes, and it's it's it it, it it seems criminal to me. It seems criminal to me when you also have it, it's not like and, and I said this last week again, it, it's not like Trump up there all by himself. No. There's there's Dr. Fauci is up there, Dr. Burks is up there, uh you know, the Alex admiral Azar. dude. Everyone yeah. is up there. It's not like it's not like Trump is recording himself on his cell phone and says, Hey, say this, America. It is no, no. And then you got then you got Jim Acosta playing Where's Waldo with Dr. Fauci. And I I, I tell you it's it's uh, Dr. Fauci. Where's Dr. Fauci? I don't know. Maybe he's taking a nap. He's probably tired. Yeah, it it's 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 really 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 not good. And and other uh, stories uh, are not getting reported the, the way they no. should. They're not getting the the kind of air and oxygen they need. Uh, this 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 happened yesterday, you guys. And by yesterday, I mean I mean Saturday. Uh, the we just arrested a bunch of people uh, in Harvard, the Harvard University. They uh, arrested Charles uh, Lieber, who is accused of. Uh, I guess he had some kind of agreement with the uh, university in Wuhan and with the the Chinese, some other. And it's all about uh, biologics, biologics. And there's weird. It's it's very weird. It's very weird. And and I, I these 
you, you've got a little, what are you doing with the biologics in the, in the Wuhan University? What are, what are you doing, Harvard yeah, guy? Biologics in the Chinese period. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, don't even worry about the Wuhan. Just worry about the Chinese period. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't like it. And I go back to this and I just want to say, say this uh, for the, for the, as a matter of public record, just because I find it odd, just because I find it odd. And you guys can uh, do your own research. Do you remember that Asian lady who broke into Mar-a-Lago months ago? Yeah. Chinese lady. Yeah. With, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what she had on, I don't even want to speculate. I found that very odd. And there was a couple of people uh, arrested in U.S. airports uh, for other biological SARS type. I don't like it. I don't like it. This is when we need like real reporting. We need to be able to base our decisions on facts and not conjecture. Of course, right after I add a bunch of conjecture. Here's another story uh, that you guys uh, might have missed. That uh, in the, the the Mueller report, remember the whole uh, Donald Trump Jr. had the meeting with the lady up in Trump Tower and everyone said it was, oh, they were talking about getting dirt on Hillary and all that stuff. Well, yeah. that, that meeting happened, uh, mm-hmm. but, but Donald Trump Jr. was completely exonerated in, in that. The Mueller report it had exonerated him. They talked to the translator. They talked to everybody there. It went down just like Donald Trump Jr. said it did. And when faced with this, the, the Mueller report, for some reason, they didn't include that in the report. Well, it's not just that, but the FBI knew that a year and a half before. It the is. The CO2 was written at the time of the meeting. It's really you, – you have to find your own uh, sources for this stuff. I, I just – can these people not see the incredible disservice they're doing to – like you do this stuff for the greater good and they always – and they always, you know, would compare, uh, you know, Trump to Hitler. He's Hitler. He's Hitler. He's Hitler. And then when he doesn't do Hitler stuff, like calling for a national he's lockdown. He's not Hitler enough. He's not Hitler enough. It's, it's just horrible. But you have all these journalists uh, li- leaving out facts, writing stories as if they were ignorant, writing stories from their own perspective. The, someone, uh, and I don't know if it's, if it's in the universities or where, but, but we have to – Find the places that are reporting facts, lift them up, and just completely ignore these these other places that that are not. And I'm not I'm not talking about boycotts. Like I I, I don't watch CNN. I, I really don't. No. I, I don't. They it's, didn't it's, even make the top twenty last quarter. Congratulations, Tater. It's so bad. It's uh it it's so bad. Like why even waste your time? Why even waste your time with that? And I, no, I, I still, I can't. I, yeah. And I mean, I used to, I Jack Tap, Jake Tapper didn't used to bother me, um, until Trump was elected. And the, the thing that makes it obvious to me that there's a directive at CNN, other than the Project Veritas video, like I knew before <laughs> that, just because of the way Jake Tapper was acting, he never acted. He was never this biased before. Maybe he won to be but he wasn't he at least kept some semblance of of fairness about him not yeah. there anymore 
Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's too bad, and I'm gonna keep uh, you know, playing the game. I'm gonna keep uh, shouting it from the rooftop. Hopefully, in some kind of a comedic fashion. Uh, the, the the game with uh, YouTube continues where they go, oh, demonetized. You're 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 demonetized, and then they look at it and they go, oh, that's innocent. You can. So that game continues. Uh, I recently went after. Uh, in the midst of all this, in the midst of all this, um, Adam Schiff and, and Nancy Pelosi are looking to start a 9-11 style commission to look into Trump's catastrophic handle, handling of the coronavirus. His, yeah, his I, catastrophic. And you timeline is just not going to work for them. <laughs> it really isn't. However... Like the 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 vast majority of the media will run with the ball. I'm so glad. I tell you what, I've never been more on on Tucker Carlson's side or Sean Hannity's side or the Fox News side of it all. Uh, Jesse Waters had a awesome opening to his show the other night, where it's like and 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 so did um so did Gutfeld. Greg had a great one too. And it's like, because you guys, it, they have the tape. They have the tape. Oh, I know. Of them back in the end of January. They were right there with the, the Trump administration. Well, and it's just so, uh, I'm not blaming the impeachment. Trump can certainly, uh, you know, walk and chew gum at the same time. But like, literally, you cannot, you cannot change those basic facts that the Trump administration said, nope, we got to look into this. We need to start a task force. We need to stop the travel. And everybody called him a racist and okay. a xenophobe. You want to you want to talk about his, his terrible response, right? Let's go back. The task force started meeting on Monday, January 27th. The World yes. Health Organization did not declare a global health emergency until January 29th. On January 30th, banned travel from China. You know where Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi were on January 30th? Chinatown. Doing the slow, very, very solemn march with the impeachment papers. <laughs> That's right. And then for the next week, Adam Schiff made a jackass of himself in the Senate. Right? Yes. yes. While the task force was meeting. It's wonderful. I mean, so please go ahead and do this. And here's the other thing Democrats don't seem to understand. Okay. You yes. know who Americans love? John Wayne. No, doctors. Especially oh, yeah. Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks right now. You know who else they love? The military. I was about to say, if you Jimmy open Stewart. up a 9 11 style commission. You're going to have a bunch of Dr. Burks's and Dr. Fauci to include those people themselves in front of Congress. You're going to have a bunch of people in freaking uniform who are going to talk about being in the community and doing testing and and da 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 da. A bunch of military members. You know who you know who America doesn't trust? Democrats in the media. For and the first time in a in a decade or more. Republicans in Congress have a higher approval rating than Democrats, and that was before Nancy Pelosi's garbage with the bill. And that goes to creating your own narrative. That mm -hmm. goes to what Trump does intuitively. That goes to people supporting this show, the website, all of it. That 
that is the wonderful thing that's happening when mm-hmm. when when Pelosi like it, and it, it's just it's just delicious, you guys. It's just delicious when it's Trump has the, when Trump has the ta- when Trump has the task force meeting, and Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff are doing their big dramatic walk. You know, their big slow walk, literally while, while Trump is working on the coronavirus task force task force. And then a couple weeks later, you got Nancy Pelosi saying, as Trump fiddles, people are dying as Trump li- literally. Hey, sweetheart, you you were the one with the fiddle. You were right. the one with the fiddle. You you but wacko TV news and, and print media, according to Gallup at the two, end of 2000. 2019, 18% and 23% had a, a quite a lot of trust in them. You know how many had quite a lot of trust in our, our military? 73. You know how many had quite a lot of trust in the medical system and their doctors? 67. Who's going to win? Who's going to win that? The media and the Democrats. Oh, and Congress had an overall trust them quite a lot of 11%. So who's going to win that? The media and the Democrats or the Trump administration with doctors in the military out front? I hear you. And that's why it needs to keep going. That's why we have to get rid of the people who can't keep their politics out of the mainstream media. If you, if you're if you're going to call yourself a journalist, you have to get your politics out of it. We have to put those days in in the rearview mirror. We have to put those days in the rearview mirror. And you do that by getting your own narrative going. And, the, and you do that, uh, and the, it's going to sound silly and it's going to sound self-serving, but it's true. By supporting stuff like this, by telling people, oh, I listen to the Loftus Party podcast. It's pretty cool. We laugh. We learn. We meet interesting people. As it grows, then a different point of view is put out there. And and that's why I always thank you guys for supporting this show, supporting the loftestparty.com, supporting the YouTube channel, getting on the Facebook page. That's awesome. That's why I do it. And 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 participate. Participate. It's one thing to scroll by and go, yeah, that was awesome. Good job, you know, Gimlet. Good job, you know, Lofty. Here's what you gotta do though, too. Uh, it's it's about the algorithm. I, I know I'm like a broken record about this all the time. Get more people to subscribe. Go to iTunes, leave a review, leave some stars. And as more people do that, it it raises us up in the algorithm and it amplifies the message. And then when it amplifies the message, more people hear it, more people respond, and then you're then you're dealing with it. And we can bring back. Some some laughs, and we can hopefully bring back some some honest journalism. Let's call these hypocrites out. Let's hold hypocrites' feet to the fire. If you're a moron, I'm going to call you on it, and so is Gimlet. Well, I'm you guys are a awesome. List on this hydroxychloroquine thing, I feel like Santa Claus. All right, I got All a right. list of people I am going to troll and taunt endlessly. And I will support you. I will support you in that endeavor. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Tell your friends. Do something sexy today. Do do something wacky. Treat yourself nice. I'll see you on the Facebook page. I will see you at theloftestparty.com. <laughs>